ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Hard Seltzer, it is made pure. Our text line, I'm opening up that for you right now. 304-523-2275. It is Friday, September 10th. The drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up on the program, we're going to hear from Tom Bragg from Herd 247. Get a preview of tomorrow's matchup between Marshall and NC Central. Later on this evening, we're going to hear from Woody Woodrum and Andrew Rogers. Uh, the duo is back, Huntington High, taking on Cabell Midland. Uh, I really don't know what's going to happen in that booth because also on the broadcast over on our sister station, of course, we carry Huntington High football here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Cabell Midland football is heard on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Chris Tatum has got the call of that one, so I'm kind of curious if that's going to be a three-man crew. We'll see what happens. So that's coming up a little bit later on with Woody and Andrew. They've got the call tonight of Huntington and Cabell Midland for us right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then later on, I haven't talked to him in weeks, and I'm talking about on the air. Matt Perry, Spring Valley, Riverside. That's coming up tonight as well on our other sister station, 92.7 and 98.5, The Planet. So we've got high school football across the tri-state for you tonight. Some big matchups. Huntington, Cabell, Midland, probably one of the bigger matchups in the state. So that's going to be an exciting one. And, and of course, we'll get your phone calls in. As I mentioned, the... Text line open again at 304-523-2275. The next few days and weeks, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to get into. The Big 12 presidents today made the invitation official, and the invitations have been accepted. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF will be members of the Big 12, of course. BYU is going to honor its commitments It is a football independent, but it has other commitments. And so it will join the league in a couple of years, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF probably in a couple of years as well because there are obligations now to the American, including the – got to basically do the buyout. You also have to do the notice. So you can't just jump out and leave and be ready to go next season. So there might be some negotiations there as far as an early exit. There might be increase in the buyout. But you have the Big 12 today trying to uh, repair the damage done by Oklahoma and Texas. Now, do these four schools replace Oklahoma and Texas? Not monetarily. The Prestige, probably not. Oklahoma and Texas are pretty big gets for the SEC. I mean, Texas is just a machine that prints money. Oklahoma has been a standout program. Those are names. But I think BYU expands the Big 12 geographically. Also, I like BYU as a program, so I think you get some prestige there. You get a quality program there. And then you get a good school to add to the Texas mix with Houston. Cincinnati is going to be a strong travel partner for West Virginia and other sports, and you're going to get to renew some rivalries here. Uh, UCF flirting with 
New Year's Six Bowls a lot as well. I mean, these teams are all teams that have flirted with the annual appearances in the New Year's Six Bowls. Big 12, I think getting the best schools possible that fit what you're trying to do with the Big 12. Now, if you're a Mountaineer fan, do you like this? I want to hear from you. Again, the text line is 304-523-2275. So the next question is, what happens next? Because the American... American coming out touting its Power 6 status and how the Big 12 rating the American has just certified that the American is a Power 6 conference. Now, there has been some talk that the Big 12 might continue down the road to expand further. That means a school like Memphis that was left out could finally find its way in the Big 12 I mean, for basketball, this is going to be a strong league. I don't know if football is going to be all that, but as far as basketball is concerned, this is going to be a really nice league here. But you're getting some quality programs in Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. There's probably going to be a lot more parity. There's going to be a little bit more balance because you're not going to have programs like Oklahoma, Texas just running rough shot. And again, let me back that up. Did Texas really run rough shot over anybody over the last few years? Texas is living off the name of Texas alone. And you got programs like Baylor coming up and your Oklahoma State. You got to be feeling pretty good about everything right now. But there has been conversation, a lot of conversation. What does the American do now? What are some of the plans in place? Where do you go? Will Conference USA get rated? Will the American take teams from the Sun Belt? Will we see some sort of power? Six raid, trying to take the best that's out there left. And, you know, UAB is probably an automatic. UAB is probably on everybody's radar right now if you're looking for something football-centric. I've seen a, a lot of lists and a lot of scenarios. And I'm not surprised by this. Marshall's not in the conversation for the American. And it could have to do with monetary issues. It could have a lot to do with market size. It could have a lot to do with geography. It could have a lot to do with the fact that Marshall has been a solid program in Conference USA, but hasn't really knocked the door down anytime soon here in football. Now, with Coach Huff on the scene, there's excitement, and that's building and that's growing. But right now, as it stands... You know, do you take a UAB and a few other programs that uh, give you a type of uh, elevation that maybe you don't see from Marshall? Or does Marshall stay put and try to remain in a whatever form of Conference USA comes out of this? Maybe the damage isn't so bad. And Marshall tries to build itself up as a program ahead of the other teams in Conference USA and work it from that angle? Does the Sun Belt come a-calling? Because right now, I think the Sun Belt's in pretty good shape. Could the Sun Belt be more aggressive than the American? Could Sun Belt teams decide to hold pat and try to raid the American? Or will the American be the stronger league, even diminished as it is, and try to pull from some of the other leagues? Uh, could you see the leagues just blow up and redo this and do something that's you know a bit more geographically friendly. I don't see that happening. I don't think any of these leagues are going to get together and try to work it out where you have geography and proximity play a major part in how you restructure your league. Could there be a merger of sorts between the Sun Belt and Conference USA? 
I mean, could you see Conference USA split in two, maybe an East Division or East-centric league and a West-centric league? There are so many possibilities here. I mean, as uh, as it is right now, I like Western Kentucky as a, a member of Conference USA, a partner for Marshall. I like middle. The Florida schools have grown on me. Old Dominion, Charlotte. I mean, there there are some things that can be said for some of these schools that you're going up against. And, you know, I like UAB in the league. It's just what will be necessary to continue to have a presence, a relevancy in college athletics. And I'm sorry right now, Conference USA might not be the most relevant conference in college football. I mean, right now the MAC probably ranks higher. I know the Sun Belt ranks higher, the Mountain West ranks higher, the American did rank higher and probably will try to retain its power six status. And so, you know, does the American and Sun Belt rip Conference USA apart? And then Marshall's going to have to either figure out where it needs to be, what it needs to do, because what happens to the leftover schools? And that's the big question there. You know, where does Conference USA, if Conference USA gets raided, where does Conference USA look to replenish? Will it be schools like James Madison where you go to the FCS ranks and, and try to repopulate that way? I mean, you're not going to raid the MAC. The MAC's not going anywhere. The Mountain West isn't, if you're going to raid the Mountain West, uh, you're probably the Big 12. You're not going to be Conference USA. Conference USA, I don't see as an aggressor or as a league right now capable of raiding any other league. But the Sun Belt's looking pretty strong, and maybe the Sun Belt becomes the aggressor to maybe fend off the American. And if that's the case, what makes sense for the Sun Belt? What makes sense for Marshall in trying to be in a position of 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 relevancy. That's the big question here. Big 12 continues to be relevant. You know, maybe not the prestige that Oklahoma and Texas offer, but the Big 12 continues to be relevant. I think basketball is going to be a fantastic league. I look forward to seeing Cincinnati and West Virginia. I think that'll be a fantastic matchup. Hugs playing Cincinnati, that's going to be fun. All right, when we continue, we're going to talk to Tom Bragg from Herd 247, get a preview of tomorrow's matchup between Marshall and NC Central. What should we expect in week 2? Also, later on, Woody Woodrum will join us. We'll talk about Huntington High football with him. Matt Perry will join us. We'll talk about Spring Valley football. All that's coming up when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Tomorrow is the home opener for the Thundering Herd. Coach Huff gets to see what Jones C. Edwards Stadium really looks like with fans as the herd will entertain NC Central. Give us a preview of what we can expect for tomorrow's action is Tom Bragg from Herd 247. I'm sure you've been pretty busy today, Tom, not just with uh, getting ready for the herd tomorrow, but uh, plotting Marshall's next uh, destination, you know, the American, Sun Belt, the MAC. The ACC, you, you know, all those rumors are swelling today. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you here? Are you hearing us now? Yes, yes. I just now picked up at the end of that. So, so what's they, going on with the herd? Go yeah, ahead. Okay, so I'll reset. Um, Tom Bragg, herd two four seven, busy man, Marshall NC Central. Also, pretty busy because 
Marshall, any moment now will be accepting an invitation from the ACC, the Sun Belt, the American, <laughs> and uh, possibly the uh, the NFL. I mean, is that pretty much uh, wrap it up all in a nutshell? Uh, kind of. You left out the uh, what I think, unfortunately, is is maybe the most likely option, but they don't go anywhere at all. Ooh, wow, wild card here. That's um. That's interesting. You know, I, I threw that out a few minutes ago, that maybe Marshall just stays in whatever looks like Conference USA and just becomes a powerhouse the old-fashioned way, just dominate your conference and work your way up that way. Yeah, I don't think – if Marshall ends up having to stay in Conference USA, obviously that's not what, what most people, I think, want. I don't think that's what Marshall is probably going to want when, uh, when all the dominoes start to, start to fall around them, but – you look around and, and you start looking at what's viable, and I know this is a move that's primarily done on on the football front, but you got to start thinking about the other sports too. You know, the the Sun Belt is, has been a popular option among uh, a lot of the Marshall fans, at least the ones that I follow and show up in my timelines on uh, social media. But the Sun Belt doesn't have men's soccer. Marshall has a national championship men's soccer team. That team needs a place to play. And I mean, your options, I guess, then would you could. Uh, maybe stay in Conference USA for soccer, maybe even go to the MAC. But I think uh, the Sun Belt's looking for teams that are programs that, that rather that are, that are going to come in in mass. So it'll be interesting. I think there's still a lot of dominoes to fall, but Marshall, as we've said all along, they, they're going to have contingency plans for, for all of this. I know for a fact they've been at least in the background working on these sort of things. So it's going to be a very interesting couple of days, couple of weeks, however long this takes to for it to trickle down to, to where Marshall has to make a move or, or the teams around him are making a move. Tom Bragg, my guest from Her 247. And I kind of like some of the teams that are in Conference USA paired up with Marshall. I'm not a big fan of the uh, majority of the West Coast teams as far as the pairing, but if you had more of an East-centric conference with most of this membership here i really think you could do something here i mean you're not gonna necessarily knock it out of the park with the tv money but really if you're not in the one through five leagues and possibly still to this day the power six league in the american i mean the money's not going to be uh that much better uh if you start looking at the Sun Belt, you start looking at other conferences the TV money is not guaranteed uh, right now, and nobody knows what's going to happen here when these leagues renegotiate with the TV partners. No, but I don't have it here right in front of me. But another thing you got to consider with the Sun Belt is that league just like this off season signed their new TV deal, and it's like I said, I don't have the numbers right here in front of me, but it is much more lucrative for the member schools in the Sun Belt as far as TV money goes than than most conference USA's the peanuts that they're handing out right now. So I, I think TV money, if the Sun Belt's willing to, to slice out another piece of that pie or maybe the 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 details of their deal with, with ESPN and their TV partners allow for renegotiation if membership changes, I don't, I don't know. I don't have that stuff in front of me, like I said. But TV money is definitely going to be something that, that drives all of this, and it's just a matter of who gets picked, who, who gets the golden ticket. And if you're Marshall... You really, really want to be one of those teams that gets the golden ticket. Now, what I said, Sunbelt, AAC, I don't think the ACC or the NFC East are going to be knocking on the door anytime soon, but, you know, realignment's crazy. Anything can happen, right? I was thinking AFC North. Uh, yeah, there'd probably be a lot of crossover with uh, 
I don't know. Do, do they really need a? I know Huntington's in West Virginia, obviously, but it sits right there on the banks of the Ohio River. Does the FC North really need a third team in Ohio? Ooh. You'd really, you'd really, you'd really split up that uh, that that Bengals Browns uh, kind of stranglehold that that they have. It would that would be fun. I don't know. <laughs> here's here's what I came up with earlier. I was thinking of just doing a swap with the MAC uh, Conference USA. We get Buffalo, and then Marshall would just slide right in. I don't want Marshall to go back to the <laughs> MAC. That's just that's just that's just me personally. It might make sense um, for a lot of reasons, but I I don't know. It was you know there was great rivalries there: Miami of Ohio, Ohio U, even developed ones with Toledo, Western Michigan along the way. But it's just if you're going to play nine teams from Ohio and not Ohio State, it just feels a little empty to me. Tom Bragg joins me. So tomorrow it's Marshall NC Central. It's the home opener for Coach Huff. He's not overlooking NC Central. The fans might be, but he's not. What can we expect after a tremendous performance against Navy? I hope we don't have a letdown. I hope that everything that Coach Huff has said about the way that they approach the game uh, has translated into the way the players are approaching the game. But if you improve from week one to week two, what kind of game are we going to see tomorrow? Is it just name your score? What will we see? Yeah, if they make the improvements that, that if you're a Marshall fan or you're one of the members of the staff, you you hope that they would make, then, yeah, I think it might be a, a sort of name your score situation. Now, it, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment. The defense, this is essentially week one, version two, with having to prepare for Navy in the triple option. You know, We've asked all summer and, and even in the time since they played Navy – they're, they're having to make the switch back to what they're they're going to be doing more often. It's not necessarily the triple option, I guess. It, it would be the, the way to put it. Uh, the NC Central is very similar to what Marshall does on offense. They like to move guys around in the backfield. They run a little more RPO than Marshall does, so it's something to keep in mind. But, you know, if you if you were defending the triple option last week, RPO is kind of a cousin of that, I guess, would be one way to put it. So. So yeah, if they, if they make the improvements, then I think Marshall wins big. This is a Marshall team that kind of answered a lot of the questions that that we had in the off season with and, and passed those tests with flying colors against Navy. Uh, NC Central is is a step down. Obviously, they're an FCS team, but they might be a pretty good FCS team. They they weren't very good in 2019. They come back in in their week zero game, I guess, two weeks ago, and the uh, the ESPN game day game down in Atlanta against Alcorn State. They were double-digit underdogs in that game, and, and they won. They they kind of gritted it out towards the end against a pretty good Alcorn State team. I believe that team's picked to win the SWAC this year. So not expecting NC Central to come into Huntington and light the world on fire for, for Huff's debut, but I don't think they're necessarily a big pushover either. They, they can play. They've got some players, but Marshall should be head and shoulders better than them. Tom Bragg, my guest from Herd 247. Of course, uh, Tom uh, covers the Thundering Herd, recruiting beat as well, and and I'm sure you're going to be pretty busy here over the next few weeks as uh, we try to figure out what the shakeout is going to be with all this expansion. At the same time, Coach Huff, all he cares about is playing NC Central, and then the following week and the following week. And it's interesting enough, you get East Carolina, then you get Appalachian State, you get an American team, you get a Sun Belt team. And the way Marshall's been playing right now, Marshall might roll through them all. We'll, we'll see, but... Uh, this is a great time to be a marshal right now. Maybe start and make your case for your relevancy in this shakeup. Oh, absolutely. What better line on the resume to have if that's something they're going over in the next few weeks than, look, 
We won in the American Athletic Conference. We went to Navy and beat the brakes off of Navy to open the season. Then we had East Carolina, uh, you know, not necessarily a uh, a team that's living at the top of the table in the American, but a valued member of that conference. And say Marshall rolls through them kind of like they do Navy. Say, okay, well, tell us why we don't belong if we're beating the tar out of all your teams. And, and similar thing with Appalachian State. You know, that's a team that's you know consistently among the best in the Sun Belt. They're you know, among the, the the group of five schools, they're always one of the teams that's kind of on the tip of everyone's tongues when they're talking about who could be the breakthrough team from the G5. Appy State seems to be one that gets mentioned a lot for the last couple of years. And Marshall beat them, you know, last year in Huntington. What better way to show off to the Sun Belt that, hey, you know, we we can play some football here in Huntington too by, by going down and, and getting a big win in Boone in a few weeks. Tom Bragg, my guest, heard 247. Catch him on the website. He's at the podcast as well, and his Twitter feed tonight at 10 o'clock should be pretty interesting as we have got Rio, Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho battling Britt Baker, uh, Reba Rebel, whatever we're going to call her, and, um, you know, Jamie Hayden. Hawking Andrade. Nobody cares about that match. Come on, it's it's. The, I, I it's, care about that match more than any of the other matches it's, tonight. That it's one's the doctor. Be great. These are no, the doctor I, tonight. I, I, I enjoy the, the the women's wrestling product in AEW a lot right now. Britt Baker's been doing great things. Chris Statlander, Riho, that's going to be a really fun match. But, man, Pac and Andrade, you talk about over the last 10 or 15 years, guys that have just been technically among the best pro wrestlers in the world. This has been a seamless transition into pro wrestling talk, by the way. But you talk about guys that have been just at, at the top of their game, considered among the best bell-to-bell who, who better than Pac and Andrade? La Sombra against Pac. That's going to be a great match. Well, your timeline turns to a wrestling timeline at 10 o'clock tonight. So until then, <laughs> he'll be covering some other sports, Marshall, high school, whatever. 10 o'clock, uh, it's all wrestling for at least an hour. Yeah, probably probably so. Maybe longer than that. I tend to dwell on the wrestling. But around the time the wrestling ends, a lot of the high school stuff will be wrapping up. And I'm, I'm not doing anything with high schools tonight, but I do like to keep an eye on it. I like to keep an eye out on all of Marshall's recruits, not just here in West Virginia, but all, but all over the state. So I'll be pretty busy from about 10.55 whenever they start wrapping up on, on wrestling till, gosh, we get done tomorrow night. It's going to be a get-up-and-go day tomorrow. Yeah, sure is. I'll see you tomorrow. You're going to come and join us for a segment on the pregame tomorrow. We'll go on the at 3.30. So you'll hang out for a few minutes and uh, check out Thunder Street from the stage view as uh, we get everyone ready for the game. And uh, I'll talk to you in that first segment tomorrow. And uh, have fun tonight. It's going to be a big one. I'm going with Pac. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going with him. Yeah, I think I, I think that's probably who I would favor also. But you, you never know with AEW. They've been really good at surprising us. Yeah, they definitely have. Tom, talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow, buddy. That's Tom Bragg, Heard 247. When we continue, Woody Woodrum. We'll talk a little Huntington High Capital Midland with him when we come back here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Our Kindred Digital Game of the Week is also our radio broadcast right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Honey High taking on Cabell Midland. Joining us now on the program, you'll hear their call coming up later on this evening. Andrew Rogers is joining Woody Woodrum for this one. 
big matchup in Class AAA. Uh, Huntington may be surprising a lot of people. Capital Midland, of course, uh, good as always. And, uh, gentlemen, uh, this is going to be a good one tonight. I'm sure a lot of people across the state will be tuning in or watching this one. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you. Uh, Andrew Rogers, Woody Woodrum here at Huntington High School. And we're both looking forward to this one, obviously. I mean, it's early in the season. It's week three, and rarely are you granted such an, a, a cheesy matchup here with two undefeated teams. Uh, usually that comes in November. We get a special one here in September. This has been a series where we've saw these two teams be one and two, and there'd be like 8,000 people out here. I, I don't know if we'll touch that tonight, but we got a perfect night for football, Paul. I just couldn't be nicer out here. People are already in the stands uh, in the last half hour. As soon as they opened the gates, people started coming in. So I think we're going to have a great crowd, both in the red and, and the green tonight. And, uh, you know, both these teams have already played amazing football so far this year. It's funny. Cabell Midland will play the second of their three biggest rivals. And then I believe they go to maybe Hurricane next, which is another rival for them. So uh, they're getting all the rivalries and all the close games out of the way. And uh, But uh, both teams are playing very well. Uh, Midland just ran over top of Riverside. I think we're going to see that happen a lot this year uh, from all reports. And, uh, of course, Huntington 38 to nothing shutout down at Hurricane. And uh, I, I think even, you know, to tell the truth, maybe the coaches aren't surprised, but – I, I've been a little surprised because these kids have played so far above last year's team that went only three and six. You mentioned it too last week uh, after the win against Parkersburg, how big of a win that victory was to win by 40 points against uh, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the state and then turn around and do that against Hurricane and shut them out. What was clicking last week? You were there. I wasn't able to be there with you. What was clicking so well on both ends? Yeah, no, your your game went pretty well, too. It wasn't <laughs> and on Saturday, bad, Andrew was over at Navy with the herd, but uh, it was kind of like that. I mean, they just, they just were dominating. Uh, they won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, I, I just – this team has played so well here of late, it's just hard to believe. Uh, you know, I, I coming out of the gate like that – off the season they had. Now, the only thing that tipped it a little bit, and, and I think that would be how much better shape they were in. And, and Billy Seals, the head coach, gives all the credit to Chris, to Cody Carter for that, uh, the former Midland player and uh, former Herd player. He, he ran the summer program. You know, he's got the kids doing some things. It might seem silly, but clapping their hands, being enthusiastic, you know, staying together in warm-ups and, and things like that. And I think what they did in the summer and their last three weeks leading straight into the season put this Huntington team really much further along than most of the teams that we've done over the last eight years out here, Paul, with them on ESPN. Woody Woodrum and Andrew Rogers joining us here on the broadcast. Huntington High taking on Cabell Midland. Game coming up tonight on the radio side. You can keep it right here. Or, of course, don't forget, gentlemen, you can go to our Facebook page and watch it there. Um, Huntington High so far, what, uh, 1-0 on the video stream? So uh, let's make sure it's uh, 2-0 after tonight. Yeah, you know, uh, and you go back to that. They, they give up a kickoff return, and then two plays later, Parkersburg's in the end zone. Since then... Huntington has outscored the opposition 85 to nothing. Incredible. That's a, I mean, that stat's just staggering because, you know, you can't imagine, you didn't think against two teams that are picked to be 
playoff teams this year. I mean, most people like what they saw the Big Reds last year. We saw them. They played very well. Hurricane has been on an uptick of late, and they had beaten Huntington for the first time in years, uh, two years ago, and then got the second game last year. So, uh, I, I, you know, the thing is uh, both these teams are going to do exactly what they always do. I mean, uh, Midland has that option offense that they run. The first game, they didn't even attempt a pass against Spring Valley. But they did. They were 6 of 8, and they threw for like 230 yards last week, just big play throws for touchdowns against Riverside. Huntington's going to smash you. They're going to hit you with, you know, a variety of backs and, and Curtis Jones and Amari Felder, Jordan Price, Zaza Jackson. Quarterback Gavin Lockhow is definitely – maybe the best back on the team. And then last week, he was showing off his arm a little bit and had a very good day. Uh, he rushed 12 times for 134 yards, two touchdowns against Hurricane. He hit 10 of 14 for 209 yards and a touchdown, the touchdown being a 65-yard strike, 76 yards to Noah Wainick on the uh, second series first play out. So uh, Midland did that same thing to Riverside last week. He hit a big play on their first first play from scrimmage so I think these teams know each other Andrew it's there's not going to be any surprises tonight on either side yeah there's no surprises it's going to be two teams and, and realistically too thinking about it it's early season so it doesn't mean a whole lot but a lot of points are at stake the rankings come out officially next week uh, and these two teams could easily find themselves with a victory in the top three yeah I, th I think you know it, it if you win yes it's a huge leg up and because you know the other teams probably going to win a lot of games yep. So they're going to be pointing for you. But, yeah, you know, after two games, you can't say, well, this is it. If we lose this game, the season's done because you've got a lot of good teams yet to play. I mean, Huntington's got to make back-to-back -back trips up to the Canal County at GW and at Capitol. Really looking forward to Lately Field. That should be a lot of fun getting upstairs. Uh, and and then, you know, down the stretch, then you got Spring Valley, who is, I think, rebuilding or Normally they reload, but a little bit rebuilding right now. Not that they're one one, and and they're only loss with Midland, and they played very well Parkersburg last week. But they got a new quarterback, and they've got a lot of uh, new people up front on the offensive line. So, uh, you know, down the stretch, I think both of these teams have some teams let, that they can beat. And so it's very important. I think this first five games, five or six games max, is going to set the tone for where you're going to be in the postseason. Well, two of the best teams in AAA. I'm going to go at it this evening from Huntington High School, 2-0 Huntington and 2-0 Cabell Midland. It should be a good one. We hope you'll join us at around 7.30 between, with kickoff between the Knights and the Highlanders. Paul, back to you. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Woody. We appreciate it. When we continue, we're going to talk a little Spring Valley and Riverside with Matt Perry. He'll have the call tonight on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. That's when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Friday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up tonight on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet, it's going to be Spring Valley versus Riverside. To tell us more about it, and to be entertaining as well, that is the mandate. Matt Perry, he'll have the call tonight. You have to be informative and entertaining, Matt. Can you do that? 
Matt, are you there? They, they did have a they did have three deaths the other day. I don't hear Matt. I hear Bill Cornwell yammering in the background though, but I don't yeah, hear Matt. You hear me? Yeah, but, you know I'm quiet. Okay, I hear you. Do I hear you now? Do I have you? Yep, I'm here. Okay, I heard Cornwell just yammering in the background a minute ago. You know how it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I challenge you to, for this to be entertaining and informative. So far, I think um, we're not going in that direction. We need to save this segment real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I call for you and I hear Cornwell talking about what he's going to have for dinner or something. Okay, I mean, that's not the segment yeah. I was. I promise people. I, I understand. You know what? I'm just so glad you got me hitting cleanup. So I come in, you know, last segment of the week, ready to rock and roll. Well, there is a reason for all that. It was strategic on my part, but the, here you are hitting cleanup. Spring Valley versus Riverside tonight. Uh, Riverside not favored in this one. Spring Valley uh, favored, um, favored, and pretty, uh, pretty well favored. Pretty well favored. Um, yeah, you know, you hate to just come out and, uh, you know, it's one of those types of games where Spring Valley is going to be able to uh, do what they want. Um, we saw last week what Cabell Midland did to Riverside, and, uh, you know, it's most likely going to be a running clock in the second half. What if Riverside comes out and uh, surprises? Um, do you have enough game notes to um, to carry this thing? Are you set? I have, plenty of game, I have plenty of game notes to carry this thing. You know, Bill could print off some from a local high school for me, anything that, that is needed. Um, you know, Spring Valley, they did really well getting off, uh, you know, that first week's loss to Cabell Midland, the rivalry game. You worry about how kids can respond. They came out, went up to Parkersburg, and dominated the Big Red. And so they're looking like they're getting back on track. One of the most unique Spring Valley offenses that we've ever seen since this school opened, they throw the ball everywhere, which is taking a lot to getting used to. I've been covering this team for many years on the radio, and usually um, you don't have to call too many passes, but now – uh, with Brad Dingus's new offense, they're flinging the ball all over the place. And so I think we're going to see more of the same tonight. You know, it's a type of game where they can work on some things that they want to, maybe some different pass patterns, maybe some different formations. And I think that's what uh, all Spring Valley fans will be looking for tonight. Matt Perry joins me, Spring Valley versus Riverside tonight. Spring Valley, how is this team staying not complacent? Because you, you look at a school like Riverside and – Man, they're going to struggle tonight. They've been they've been struggling as of late. Spring Valley, on the other hand, hasn't really found much adversity. And when you play Cabell Midland and then you play Huntington, and the same thing for tonight, I mean, these three schools uh, collectively will cause a lot of grief for each other. But outside of that, these three area teams haven't really found much adversity. And so how is Spring Valley staying alert, not complacent, ready to go? Because... I've seen a lot of games, and it just feels like Spring Valley's on another level than most of the teams are facing. Well, it is the calm before the storm, Paul. Uh, you know, for the next two weeks, Spring Valley, and again, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but it's Riverside, then St. Albans. Spring Valley has the toughest schedule they have ever had in school history. So they have those two weeks to iron out the things they want to work on because Martinsburg's coming here. Spring Valley's got, of course, a game with Huntington coming up, a game with Hurricane. Even though Capitals down a little bit this year, it's never easy to go to Laidley Field. And so Spring Valley has these two weeks to really iron out what they want to work on 
because of stretches coming later in this year where they're not going to have the opportunity to kind of maybe see, you know, a couple of uh, formation subs. They're going to have to go all out, and they need to figure out over the next two weeks of just exactly how they want to plan for those big games coming up. Matt Perry joins me, Spring Valley Riverside, coming up tonight, 92.7, 98.5, the planet. Uh, we're not talking about that one game. We're not talking about that one yet. That's not, not – <laughs> no, you're not talking about that one. That's, that, you know, uh, you try not to look ahead, but it's going to be interesting. Um, you know the uh, the play-by-play um, talent for the uh, the Martinsburg um, your radio t- station has already invited yeah. him. He's already invited himself on the program, and I think he invited himself during your segment. Well, you know, I know Mr. Dupuy is uh, you know one of your former you know proteges, and so that's great. You know, I will bow out if uh, if the young man wants to have his time on the drive, but uh, I, we could do a co-segment. I'm not going to completely give my spot to uh, the traveling bulldogs coming down here. Um, you say, you say protege. Uh, let me, let me, <laughs> let me reform you. Let me think about that, that designation protege. No, I'm, well, I really, you know, uh, I, I love Spencer. Just, I'm not going to pick on Spencer. I love Spencer, and uh, he's doing a fantastic job um, yeah, in Martinsburg right now. So I just kind of found it funny that he uh, he was like, hey, I can do a segment on your show. And like, finally, you have found a legitimate reason to come on the show. Finally. <laughs> I finally have a re- – I have to let you on now, finally, because you are uh, you are the voice of uh, one of the uh, the best teams in the state of West Virginia. But, uh, again, we're not talking about that game here for a couple weeks. We're looking at Riverside tonight. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big one. 92-7, the planet. Again, there's another reason why you're in cleanup tonight. It's because uh, that's where we usually – the comedy begins, you know, when we get together. Well, you know, hey, there is no better time of my week then after we set everything up in the press box and I get to have our short conversations where you and I could just talk high school football, as you always say, Fridays are a laid back day on the drive. It is perfect. to Talk about our local high school football, have a few jokes. And, you know, I'm going to be saying this all season. It's just nice that we have football games to talk about. Yeah. So I'm just excited. I'm excited to be at the Wolves Den, being in the radio booth with my buddies, Mike and Bill, and ready to call the action on the planet. Wrap it up tonight by ten because I got to switch off and uh, watch AEW wrestling at ten. So yeah, wrap it and up. I know all, and I have to get the. I love you know how I love the AEW. You myself and Bragg have been on Twitter talking about it. That is the hottest wrestling promotion in the world right now. It's must-watch TV if you like professional wrestling in the least. It is must-watch TV. Yeah. So if your game's over at ten, great. If not, I'm 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 tuning you out. You uh, you and Woodrow and. And everyone else uh, on the Kindred family of stations tonight, ten o'clock. I'm done. I don't. I don't blame you. Pack versus Andrade tonight on Rampage. That's must-watch TV. I'm taking Pack. I got Pack. Yeah, Andrade's going to win. Okay. All right. We'll see. It's, it's only his second match in AEW. He's going over. I, I will see, but um, I'm not even concerned about that match the way I am with uh, tonight's uh, uh, trios match. Uh, you got the good doctor Britt Baker, DMD. Oh yeah. Uh, she's in action uh, versus, um, you know, one of my favorites, Chris Statlander. Chris, the alien, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the doctor, but I also like Chris Statlander. And so. All right. So you want my, my professional opinion on this since I'm a wrestling nerd to the core? Okay. You got like tw- 12 seconds. Go ahead. Real. All right. Ruby Soho just premiered. 
she is going to go over, but it is not going to be do- the doctor that takes the pin. It is going to be Reba that takes the pin or Rebel, and that's going to give the win to the faces tonight. We all know that. Come on. That's her job. She's a jobber. Yep. She's a jobber, and they're going to put Ruby Soho over and make and build up to that championship match. All right, you did it within 12 seconds. Uh, now um, the clock says uh, 58.50 now. And that means the music plays, and that means I'm done. So that means you're done. It was awesome being with you, as always. See you next week, man. Talk to you soon. Nat Perry. All right, bye-bye. That's why he gets a cleanup spot here because, you know, at this point we're talking about everything but. That does it for this edition. We'll be back tomorrow during the pregame over on Thunder Street, 3.30. We hope to have you join us. We're going to have um, – I don't know if, I don't know what we're going to have. It's going to be a new experience on Thunder Street, so we're all experience it together. But uh, I'll be on stage with Woody Woodrum tomorrow at the 3 30 and we'll get you um we'll get you closer to game time kickoff is a little bit after 6 30 so uh, we hope to see you out there tomorrow or listening to us on the radio that's going to do it for this edition of the drive on espn 94.1 and am 9 30 WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.